Hi, my name is Bridget, and I've never seen The Sandlot. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have. As you heard up top, we are joined once again on the hot seat by Bridget, who has never seen 1993's The Sandlot. Bridget, welcome. Thank you. Doubling up on the hot seat yeah, this week. Feeling warm. Yeah, there you go. It's, I mean, it's warm out. So. It is warm. Very apropos. Uh, Johnny, welcome back. Hello. You were off for uh, for last week's episode, Man on the Moon, which is a film I don't think you've seen. I have not. Okay. We'll have to watch it on the side. Okay. You can listen to the episode like... if you want spoilers. It's not really a movie you can spoil, per right. se. It's a thing that happened Correct. to a man who was real. Yeah. Do you know anything about the real man it's based on? It's based on a Charlie or Andy Kaufman? Yeah, Andy Kaufman. Andy. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. One or the, the other. Charlie Kaufman's the filmmaker who could have made this movie but didn't, I guess. <laughs> Got it. And Jim Carrey's in it. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, there's not really spoilers in it. Uh, the man is no longer with us. I guess that would be the only spoiler. <laughs> okay. But uh, that's just a historical point of reference. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll seek it out. Yeah. Yeah, fine. You'll watch it. Like the Apollo yeah. program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was last week. This week we are here back at full strength. To watch 1993's The Sandlot, because it's, it's the dog days of summer. We just had the uh, the MLB All-Star game was last week, so it's uh, the artificial midway point of the baseball season, so we figured, so let's take a look at a, uh, a baseball film on this incredibly, incredibly hot week. <laughs> very hot. Yeah. So, Bridget, I just said it's about baseball. Yes. So, at the very least, you know that. I did um, know that. Before we get into what else you may or may not know about the movie... Let's talk baseball movies a little bit. We've only sure. done the one on this show. We oh, watched yes. League of Their a Own. League of Their Own. So we talked a little bit about baseball movies, but that was that was last like April, so like oh, well yeah. over a year ago. So let's yeah. do a little quick refresher. Where are you on sports movies and, and baseball movies in general? Um, not something I seek out, but I often enjoy them when I do get to them. Favorite baseball movies? I love Major League. I love Bull Durham. League of Their Own. I've not seen Field of Dreams. Okay. I I yeah. think we've covered that, but haven't seen it. I don't know. Baseball is, a, I think, an ideal sport to cover in film because it does tend to be slower moving than, say, basketball. I guess football has stops and starts, mm -hmm. but it's a lot of players moving up on the field all at once versus you have one pitcher who throws... You either get a hit or you don't. You're either running the bases or you're not. So it makes it, I think, easier for a filmmaker to make a compelling story or a more legible story out of baseball. And you have all like the fun baseball superstitions and sort of the romantic aspect of baseball that I think a sport like football or even soccer or like anything else lacks. I think soccer has it a little bit just because they have... Maybe. I'm American, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. I'm not going to call myself an expert on soccer. That's for sure. If I was, I'd call it football. Um, but <laughs> uh, I think because 
soccer and football, especially in Europe, has like the rabid fan bases. There is that romanticism mm-hmm. of it, the way that we do with uh, baseball. Mm-hmm. I feel like fans of baseball are most akin to soccer fans, which is why a movie like Fever Pitch was able to be adapted from a book about soccer fans. Like, that, that was a very... Did you not know that? Oh, I don't know that I knew that. I don't oh, know that yeah. The movie Fever Pitch is a book by the guy who wrote High Fidelity and oh, Nick Hornsby. No. It, is yeah. a, it is about, I think, Manchester United or Ars- Arsenal, maybe? It's about a European football club. Okay. Um, but the fact that it was able to transition so easily... Yeah. To, a, granted, a different kind of movie, certainly with a Jimmy Fallon, but uh, I think they speak to very similar types of people and very mm-hmm. similar romanticisms to that point. Yeah. But I'm not a, a sports person mm-hmm. in general, so one of the reasons I missed this movie, mm. likely. Another reason, which I think I've covered on the show before, this is a boys movie. Yeah. I am a girl. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Of the back catalog for Full me stop. to cover. That's yeah, just tweet, that's right? the that's a voice movie. Yeah. And it's not even a movie that like a lot of my friends had seen or like I don't think I became aware of this movie until maybe college. Okay. Yeah, I think it lives in a weird time between like the eighties and like a lot of this whole pro- high profile teen movies, Goonies, things like that, stand by me. And then filmmakers kind of move away from that mm-hmm. area and they kind of focus more on these like high octane action movies and other things sort of came out in the nineties, and it, this movie's kind of an anomaly where it lives. I think a little bit. Yeah, because I don't even think it's very similar to the other even baseball movies that came out around Correct. the same for kids. Yeah, and we can touch on this I think a bit more in the after. Yeah, part, rookie of I, the year, feel whatever. Yeah, in the outfield. Yeah, those are different movies. Right. Um, so, what are your kind of thoughts on? Obviously, we won't talk about this movie yet, but baseball movies, sports movies in general. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Um, I, I've i only seen, I've seen maybe most of them or maybe a handful of them. Again, we talked about Field of Dreams, Major League was here for the League of Their Own. You were um, in the hot seat for that, I believe. I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe in the romantic quality of baseball. I also believe that the sport lends itself very well to a lot of great stories because of its wealth of history. Because mm-hmm. it like it's very much a sport where people continually talk about past games and experiences more than they maybe ever talk about what's happening this season. They get a little more enjoyment talking about how things were, remember when, where were you, where were you, yeah. things like that. And I think without spoiling anything, this movie invites that conversation that as fun as baseball is right now or how you're enjoying it right now it's more likely have been enjoyed way better in the past by others mm-hmm. because of how simple and how undistracted the sport was where now it's busy with social media and other things yeah. and highlights and sports center and yeah. things like that. Before you would just hear about the stories about what happened during a game and you, no one would, unless you listen to the radio or things like that. And they certainly weren't replaying radio back then you heard it once and then you had to sort of, teleplay it back back to someone else no i think it's the sport lends itself very well to filmmaking to storytelling because of all of that and Mm. we have a a good amount of great baseball movies even the contemporaries like moneyball like such a such a great movie tackles such a great area of the sport where maybe the story and the legend and the wholesome aspect of the sport had been tapped into so much where here it was the analytical end of the sport which no one really wanted to touch 
but still endlessly fascinating if you care to think about it because there is so many numbers. It's a numbers game for sure. Mm-hmm. And has become and it's, and such. It's, and, and, and unfortunately, too, it is, at the end of the day, a business. It has turned into a business, which mm-hmm. does tap into that as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I, 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 I seldom have seen a baseball movie that I have been like, that wasn't a great movie. I think there's, there's a fair amount of effort that's been put into most movies. They're, they're literally okay to, like, excellent, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some I haven't seen. Um, you mentioned Bull Durham. I don't think I've ever seen Bull Durham. Oh, dude, Bull Durham is not one. Yeah, you know, I don't think I've seen that one either. Yo, Bull Durham is <laughs> Bull Durham is not only a great baseball movie, but it's also a great movie about like romantic relationships between men and women. Mm. Like it's top okay. tier on both ends. Maybe we'll cover it come like the World Series. Or yeah, maybe sign the next baseball season. Yeah, put on the back burner. Yeah. yeah, for love of the game, I don't think I've ever seen. Um, no. Even some of the ones that aren't thought of in the pantheon of great baseball movies, something like a summer catch that with like Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, and I'm fine with it, like it being a background to something because yeah. I enjoy that element of it. But I do like when like the love and the romantic, the the passion for the sport is more at the forefront than it is whatever a yeah. background, a matte painting to a rather mundane story. If you know what I mean. Yeah, but even like a movie like that that I haven't seen still like. I've heard is good. Sure. It's of not yeah. about baseball. It's about the relationships and, you know, it's a twenties drama, like a people in their twenties having romance, romance drama yeah. with baseball as the backdrop, but I still hear it's good things. So that speaks to your point of like, even the bad ones are still pretty good. Like they're still fun. So, uh, yeah, I was a, a big fan of the, like, I think I was more of a fan of, as a kid of the goofier baseball movies, less so of this movie, though I do like it. Um, it wasn't my top. My tops were Angels in the Outfield, Rookie of the Year, stuff like that, where it's a, a little bit goofier, a little bit zanier. It's got kind of like that Disneyfied version of the sport. So it's still there, but it's still like just a fun kids movie. Love Major League. Saw Field of Dreams last year for the first time in, in anticipation of the Field of Dreams game that they played at the real life Field of Dreams. Mm. Uh, that's coming back this year, too. So. If you're at all interested in that, definitely check out. It's just a fun, like, different kind of vibe for a baseball game because it's out in the middle of a cornfield corn with, yeah. that's with so some cool. bleachers. So uh, that's pretty sweet. But I love, like, The Rookie with uh, Dennis sure. Quaid. Like, that's yep. a good, that's a biopic uh, sports movie that's pretty good. So I just, I love a good sports movie. Even though, you know, they're formulaic a lot of the times and you know where it's going to go. It's, it's just, it's fun to watch. It tickles you a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so pivoting to this movie, Bridget, obviously, you know, it's about baseball. Do you know anything else about The Sandlot? Um, I know that there is a dog in it, I believe. Mm-hmm. There is a dog that is important to some of the main characters. Uh, there's a character named Smalls. Mm-hmm. I believe this is not set in 1993. I believe this is like a rewind. Okay. Okay. But I'm not certain about that. Um... And I just imagine that the Sandlot is where they are going to play baseball. Okay. That's pretty much it. It does seem pretty on the nose in terms of a title. I'll yeah. Give, I'll give it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, we've discussed it's a baseball movie. I don't think they're building sandcastles on the lot. No. Um, no. Yeah, and I just imagine this is like one of those movies that starts at summer break and ends going back to school kind of thing get to see these kids adventures over the course of one summer and 
how it changes them and mm-hmm. all all that usual stuff. Yeah. Okay. Now you mentioned not hearing about this until like say college. Do you remember what maybe brought this up? Was it someone tried to get you to watch it? Was it just conversations about movies people liked as kids? Like do you remember? Yeah, what you I think one of those just like, oh, like you're sitting around playing cards and talking about movies you haven't watched in forever that were like, oh, so good. And somebody <laughs> mentioned The Sandlot probably. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> but I can still at the same time maybe picture the VHS, but, you know. I can picture you walking home early from that party because I yeah, like your answer. <laughs> yeah, just like, mm, okay. So, yeah, but it doesn't, outside of the dog, there's no no part of this movie that I feel like has permeated my consciousness. Okay. I think there's one thing that when you hear it, like one line that when you hear it, I think that's the real thing that's permeated, at least for for me, Johnny. I assume you know what I'm talking about. I might. I'm searching my head right now for it. It's on t-shirts, uh, and it referenced one of the things Bridget does know about the movie. Oh, that's that might be a thing that I know, actually, okay. the line. Yeah, okay. You're killing me, Smalls. Correct. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, yeah, that is... That's how I know that yeah, there's a character named Smalls. Everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Um, that might have also been, I was like, what is this a reference to? Yeah. So yeah, there you go. You'll Sandlot. find Sandlot. You'll find out okay. soon. Yes. Um, now, Johnny, you said this is particularly one of your favorites, I believe. You were adamant that we not watch this without you, so... Yeah, again, I won't touch critically what I think about this movie. I will say I've seen it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's... I, I think I'm on the other end of it. I watched more of these type of movies than maybe more of the zany ones that you watched. Mm-hmm. I did watch Angels in the Outfield and the other ones that sort of poke maybe a lot more fun at the sport and kind of take liberties with it, where yeah. I think this is has maybe a little bit more respect yeah, this, for the sport yeah. and treats it justly. Yeah, I again, I, I, I'm trying to like bite my, my lip here and not trying to talk too much about what I think about how much I like the movie. <laughs> I mean, the fact that you've seen it a bunch gives away. Yeah, yeah, really. like Spoiler movies. alert. I've watched it a bunch. I hate it. I can't stop watching it. I hate it. Um, yeah, I've seen it a bunch, Adam. It's been, it's a tape that we spun a bunch of times. Every time it's on TBS or whatever it was, ABC Family. Mm-hmm. Had to watch at least a little bit of it. There are sections of this movie where it starts at the beginning of that particular act or that particular time of the movie. The schedule's wiped at least for the next 45 minutes because yeah. I need to see the rest of it. So that's kind of my history with the movie. And I will say that, you know, it, it's I like the movie because when I think about it, I think about how much I like the sport of baseball, where if I don't think about some other things, I feel like I might lend myself towards like I get why some people think maybe it's a slow and boring sport. And I played it when I was a kid. But when I do think of this movie, when I watch this movie, I walk away with like a profound respect and love of the sport, which is a big testament to the movie. So always, always enjoyed watching it. What about you? Um, yeah, like I said, this is one... I don't remember when I would have first seen this. It might have been on TV. I don't think this was a theater experience for me, even though it would have come out at a perfect time for me to get a theater experience sure. out of this. Seven, six years old, whatever. Yeah, and I would have been into baseball by this point. Like, mm-hmm. by the time I would have been in 1993, I would have been playing t-ball. Or I would have been going to games with my dad. You know, like... Yeah, this is a drive through movie. Like, like the yeah. the game's done for the morning. Like, we're going to the pizza, then we're going to the drive through and we're watching the movie. Yeah, so I, um, I definitely think that I saw it at a young age, but I don't 
I don't remember. Like, it wasn't burning in my brain. Like, oh, the time I went and I saw The Sandlot mm-hmm. and I watched it every Saturday after that. But it is one that I do enjoy. Like I said, I don't think it would be my favorite in terms of kid-centric baseball movies. Just because I have, I like the comedy stuff more. So naturally, the ones that, like you said, poke a little bit more fun at it would have been my bag watching Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt flap his wings so Christopher Lloyd can come down and be an angel. Like, that to me is just it's inherently goofy, more yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love Back to the Future. I would have as a kid as well. So Christopher Lloyd automatically, like, boom, comedy genius in my mind at that right. point. So uh, he was in last week's movie as well. <laughs> just very briefly. Brief, very no briefly. lines. <laughs> no lines. Just, just that face. Just looks yeah. of disappointment. Um, but this is still, like, a good movie. I'll probably throw it on every few years. It probably doesn't get thrown on every single year where I might be more inclined to, again, watch Angels in the Outfield, watch a rookie of the year. But I do like it. It is good, and I'm I'm excited to watch it again. Gotcha. I said drive through. I meant to say drive in. Yeah, yeah. They're called yeah, drive throughs yeah. in other countries, so you're fine. Okay, this fine. is for an international audience, so way to go. But we're in America. <laughs> <laughs> this is an American sport. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, Bridget, any expectations based on any other sports movies that you've seen here before we uh, sit down and get to this? Um, No, not really. I expect I'll probably like it just based off of the vibe I'm getting from the two of you. There's a small part of me that's afraid that this movie is like Hocus Pocus, where people have talked about it and you talked about loving it, and I've missed the boat. Like I can't, I can't hear the bell any longer. I don't, I don't know about that. Okay. I don't. I think this has enough stuff in it that grounds it mm-hmm. to where you can get the vibe and you can get what it wants you to get out of it. Whereas like a hocus pocus is, you got to be on the wavelength of it. Yeah. Because it's it's goofy and it's zany and it's a little ridiculous. And if you're not on board with what it's trying to do, I totally get that you could miss the boat on it because it is designed for kids. To Johnny's point earlier, I feel like this is more of an evergreen type story because it is about the game and the kids yeah. and the the moment that it's trying to capture, not just about the kids or not just about the baseball. It's like it, the total package makes it a little more evergreen. So I, I think you'll be okay in that regard. Yeah, I think your intuitions about the historical elements of this movie will remove you from the I missed the boat discussion because a lot of the stuff that you say I've missed the boat on have been the contemporaries of that time. Yeah. Like, they are in that time where... I might not have this. You might not have this issue. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you know who's in this movie? No. I mean, the child actors, the child actors, but, I mean, there are a couple of... No idea. Okay. And a couple of those child actors permeated some stuff. I think a little bit, but there's a couple of uh, adults that that you'll recognize immediately. Yeah. That have been in other baseball movies, too. If that I have been on movies on this podcast. Correct. At least one of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you'll get something out of that, too. I also think, and I won't specifically repeat what you said, but one of the things you said, I think, puts you in a very unique position to kind of be in the shoes a little bit of some of the characters in this movie. Ooh, good um, point. To where that'll maybe help pull you in mm-hmm. um, because of your perspective, um, but I won't specifically say what what okay. you what you said that triggered that thought. Okay. So, but we'll, I, we'll I, cover, I picked up what you're putting down. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. we'll cover that in the after. All right. Part, so, um, cool. All right. Well, Bridget, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine, I'll watch it. 
right, we are back. We have just finished watching 1993's childhood baseball classic, The Sandlot. Now, Bridget, you were on the hot seat for this week, so I want to know, how are you feeling after watching this movie? Pretty delighted. Good. Pretty delighted. Yeah. It's it, What a cute movie. Right? It's just it's like... Just, oh, okay. Yeah. We're just having fun for the summer. Yeah. It's kind of the, the wavelength you thought going in a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's what I was hoping it would be. Little vignettes, slice of the summer. Mm-hmm. So cute. <laughs> Just so cute. You were right. It didn't take place in 1993. Did not take place Called in 1993. That. Called the dog. Knew the dog would be involved. Yeah. In the climax of the movie in some way. There you go. Didn't disappoint. Nice. Cute dog. Was a cute dog. Big slavery. When they cute wanted dog. it to be cute, it was cute. Before yeah. that, though. It, mm, it's a beast. Scary. <laughs> Whole sides of beef. Yeah, whole sides Fly, of beef. Flying yeah. out of the trailer. Gotta watch out. It's gonna eat a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it already did. Allegedly. Allegedly. Johnny, how was this watch for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I really, I adore this movie. It's absolutely adorable. I tried to view it through Bridget's eyes, and it was a little more light and airy than I remember, I suppose, where... I think the qualities that I enjoyed as a kid was, like, I, I don't like the fact that, like, they post, like, there's a picture of the dog on, like, the screen to, like, load the movie. Mm. There's some, like, air of, like, not seeing the dog forever, almost like Jaws or other yeah, things that, like, yeah. a lot of fun were. I was like, ah, that kind of show it looks like a regular dog. Even though you know it's going to be a regular dog by the end. Yeah. There's a lot of fun and, like, mystical elements going on early on where it's, like... You're seeing it through a kid's eyes and yeah. how disgustingly big this dog is to these poor little people. Yeah. I mean, the first, like, shadow silhouette you see is like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's completely comical to as a, an adult or whatever, but I remember as a kid being like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the movie is, as a lot of movies we've watched on this show, harmless. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's hard to really critique this movie in any way without sounding like an asshole, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> All the kids are fun and memorable. Um, the soundtrack is great. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's got that Stand By Me. It does have a stand, stand By Me. Feeling, again, like I was saying at the top, it respects the sport. It has a lot of admiration for the sport. But it gets into those sort of like summer Fourth of July hijinks, yeah. stealing a hot dog off the the neighborhood grill, right off the grill. What is that? Taking a bite out of a rib, what putting it that? back onto the table. Correct. Yeah, it, it feels timeless. They did. It looks like they spent a good amount of time in making it feel like it was shot or feels like it was ripped out of the sixties or mm-hmm. the seventies. But yeah, it's it's delightful, like you said. I it's hard to really poke at it we'll poke at it a little bit but yeah i'm sure um but adam how was it for you this was uh this was interesting because the, i watched this with almost completely fresh eyes because i've now seen stand by me oh which is a movie i had not seen until we did it on the show mm-hmm. but i had not seen this movie since so like the narration and the stand by me of it like hit me like a ton of bricks where i was like huh never like Never would have known that. Never watched this movie with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, like, watching it 
this time was just like almost like a new experience because I was like, now, all right, now I got to compare and contrast because now I have that in my mind as clearly a reference point for this movie where they're like, well, let's just do Stand By Me, but baseball and fun instead of scary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Instead of scary and upsetting at times. Yeah. 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 So that was actually kind of cool to like see it in a new way because I had a new understanding. It's like when you go back and watch kid shows like Animaniacs or The Simpsons or something where you're like, oh, I get that joke now. Like, it was funny to me because a zany thing happened, but now, like, I understand the reference. And that's just, like, that's a cool, fun, new appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this kind of pulls from that is, I, I quite like that. And it made for a, a really enjoyable experience for me. Nice. Yeah, I don't think it tries to be a ripoff of Stand By Me. I think it knows that it's taking elements of it that work. Oh, yeah. But for I mean, sure. the element that it takes is the whole movie, essentially. Like, the narration throughout, the older version at the end... The, like, story of the time the summer changed me. Like, it's it's the same it's, movie, but it's baseball instead of dead bodies. Like I think thematically there's a lot of other things going on. But, yeah. yeah. But for someone who had never seen Stand By Me and had liked this movie and watched this movie with no... It may be hard to divorce yourself now. Yeah. And I think this was a movie that I saw before Stand By Me. Yeah. So, like, this was my... Stand By Me, then I saw, like, Stand By Me. If yeah, that makes but sense. you've seen this movie since you saw Stand By Me. More oh, sure, sure, yeah. This one time I've now seen it since I saw Stand By Me. So it was just, like, a different, like, a different experience, which I wasn't, I wasn't expecting going in, because I remembered all of that, and I knew the framing device, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until it started playing that I was like, oh, fuck me, this is Stand By Me. Huh. Okay. I could, I, I'm, like, now watching it a little fresher. Sure. Which was which was nice. Yeah, you don't normally expect that when you've seen a movie a bunch of times and we do it on the show. Yeah, right, right. So that was cool. I I enjoyed that aspect of this uh, this viewing experience. One thing we had touched on just at the very end was that I said that there was something you had said that might put you in a good place, and that it, that was you're not a sports person. Yeah, Smalls is also not a sports I, person. Yeah. How did that, like, did, did you feel that, like, it pulling you in because they're teaching him the game and they're teaching him sports? Did that do anything for you? A little bit. They don't spend too much time on it because, honestly, it just stresses me out because I don't, ultimately, I don't want to play a sport. Mm. I don't want to be good at a sport. I just want to hang out with my friends. Mm. So I would have been the kid saying, it's too hot. <laughs> we should all go to the pool together to instead. Pool. Let's go to the pool. You just want to see the pool, babes. I, I want to see yeah. the pool, babes. But I do like that he does suck so much. <laughs> it's great. Like, gets a black eye and can't throw. But then the movie doesn't spend a lot of like time on a montage, necessarily. It's no. just like... No, and it, then he figured it out, and then we were having a fun summer. You it, through a newspaper? It's that. Yeah. Right. But here. Let go here instead of over here. Yeah. <laughs> and it. it just is... There's very minimal conflict or friction throughout most of the movie. That's a little bit of it. And then it's just, we're going to have fun. We're going to play baseball at night. We're going to beat these kids who play like girls, who mm -hmm. like have a nice baseball diamond, but actually like... We're better. Yeah, they're sponsored by, like, a pizza restaurant. Yeah. yeah. We're going to throw up on a carnival ride. We're, you know, like, just have fun as kids. Mm -hmm. 
up until we lose the Babe Ruth baseball. Yeah. It's nice. I like that it doesn't treat the audience like we don't know what baseball is or how to do it. It doesn't spend a lot of time trying to teach us the sport. Mm-hmm. They just assume that Small is like the only person on the planet who doesn't know how to play yeah. baseball, <laughs> which is fun because it it makes the it makes it more fun for like a, a general audience. I think mm-hmm. and they don't spend a lot of time on it, and then they get to all the nostalgia bomb shit, which is the county fairs and yeah. fireworks and all the stuff that we all hit the pharmacies, all that stuff, swimming areas. Correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting just cause you're like, I'm not a sports person. And like the main character is also not a sports person and then gets sucked in and just has a bunch of fun. Yeah. Like he very much didn't want to be out there. He wanted to stay home and playing erector set. And so that kind of audience proxy, I think worked really well for you. Where like Johnny and I going into it as people who like baseball. Yeah. That's not necessarily the character we identify with. We want to be Benny. Yeah. Or hambino like we want to be the other characters who yeah. love baseball and want to play all afternoon not i want to go inside with my big duck bill hat and play erectors i want to be squints i want to kiss the light <laughs> <laughs> i think we all want to be squints oh yeah for wendy Dude, she's just trying to work right that's her you job little shit <sighs> props to them though because in 1993 that could have been played for way more of a laugh than it was but they were immediately like no that was gross you shouldn't have done that yeah <laughs> we didn't go back to the pool right yeah but they do get married, so there's a little bit of a, like, well. She respects the game, I think. She does. Yeah. She, yeah, she was taking those glasses down. She knew. She was Giving them the eye. Yeah. yeah. And they said every time he went by, he, he still got the little, uh, the little waves, so. Game recognized game. Yeah. That's what no they squints. said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cute kids. Did you recognize any of them? Um, Benny has been in some stuff since, but I can't place him. He was in the second two Mighty Ducks movies. He's one of the like outsiders, the international stars that comes in for when they go play internationally. That like joined the Mighty Ducks. I've never seen any of the Ducks. Oof. Mm. Ooh, Bridget. <laughs> Ooh, Bridget. <laughs> Ooh, oh, oh. We're having a sports month. Sharper than blades. <laughs> <laughs> Smalls was in Mystic River. Yes, I, I did recognize I think that's the first the... time you realized you didn't see the Sandlot is because we talked about how he was in that. And you were like, I've never seen it. Yeah, <laughs> I just was, yeah, off mic whispering, I've not seen it. <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, but no, actually, Benny, looking at uh, Benny's IMDb, it is a movie called Diplomatic Immunity. A video short called Everything You Wanted to Know About Puberty for Boys. <laughs> um, yeah? Uh, a movie called Sunset Grill, and then it's Sandlot, D2, an episode of NYPD Blue, D3, and an episode of Chicago Hope, and that's it. So it's literally just the Mighty Ducks movies after this. Is he related to someone? Uh, I mean, surely I, like, yes. I mean, listen, everyone's yeah, related to someone, Bridget. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get into semantics. With mother you and his father. <laughs> uh, I don't. Doesn't see. Uh, it doesn't say anything about it. It says that he actually started acting at the age of twelve when a casting manager spotted him in line for a ride at a school carnival. Okay. And then after Sandlot and the Mighty Ducks and a couple of guest roles on TV, uh, he discontinued his acting career. So fair enough. Yeah. So no, was, no one to quit. The uh, the pitcher was in a bunch of the Mighty Ducks movies as well. The uh, the Hambino 
was in a bunch of stuff. He's in the movie The Big Green, mm-hmm. which is a soccer movie. Mm. That was like his big starring role. He was in the Pauly Shore movie Son-in-Law. I like that movie I missed that one. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. It's bad, but it's a Pauly Shore movie, so you know what you're I think when Pauly Shore, I think of Encino Man and like Biodome. Yeah, this is a different one. This is him meets Carla Gugino at a college, and she lives on a farm, and he's a big city California Pauly Shore type. Uh, and then he goes back with her and hijinks and Sue. Don't know how I missed it. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you do. Okay, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, and then he, you know, he's just got a bunch of like one-off things, but he's been in a a million different things as got well. It. Yeah, I think he was in Glow. Like he the was show in Glow. Glow? Yeah, yes. he's yeah. Is that like the professional wrestling? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is that good? It's, it's really very good. good. It's Ooh. really good. Yeah. Okay. Is it? H- oh, oh, we're digressing. Netflix. Netflix. Okay, Netflix. Okay. Put on your list. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. Added. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Mentally yeah, added. He was in a bunch of you know guest starring on TV and stuff like that. I feel like Squints has been in things, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really sticking out. Probably more, uh, you know, stuff from when he was a kid. But oh, one of the the two brothers, Tommy. I'm ninety nine percent sure. I was looking at him. I was like, I know you, but I can't place you. He plays young Tony Soprano in the episode where he goes to the amusement park. He really? like follows his father taking Janice to the amusement park to oh. meet Junior. I just watched it. This is the only reason why I remember this. Is he, like, does he have more weight? Or is he, like, skin? Is Tony skinny? He's got, uh, well, he's just, like, he's still, like, young, young, young. Yeah. But he has dark hair. Interesting. So it's not Tommy, because I don't see, there's, like, nothing on his. Yeah. I'm not seeing it. I want to believe. I'm not trying to step on your toes again, Bridget. No. But, uh, I mean, I guess it would depend on how old Tony was in the episode, because that would have had to have been in the yeah. early 2000s, so these kids all would have been 10 years older. Oh, yeah, because right. that, that would put them at, like, 20. Yeah, no. Yeah. As a kid, never mind. Sorry, never Bridget. Never mind. I'll cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in! Oh, okay. Leave it in! Killer. <laughs> If we're pressed for, if we're up against it for a time, I'll cut it then. But yeah, so like a bunch of the kids crop up in other things, especially a lot of like other Disney things and whatnot. But the the adults is a pretty high caliber stuff. What do you think of some of the uh... Karen Allen, Dennis, Karen Allen, Dennis Leary, James James Earl Jones, Jones, who I saw in the opening credits, and then the movie just kind of takes off, and you're like, oh, this is nice. I was glad because I was hoping you sort of like forgot that I did saw that, and And then... then he comes to the door, and I'm like. How to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Vader? Sir? <laughs> the guy from Field of Dreams? Yeah, really. <laughs> James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all solid. But they're there just enough mm-hmm. to add a little bit of structure, a little bit of tension, but not... There's this... never, like, a scene where you cut to, like, adults talking, like, I'm worried about him like it's just no if there's never a scene with him is there's a kid there's a younger person, person in the scene, scene with him it's like the way they did et where they just forcibly did not have adults they shot it from like the waist up like that's mm-hmm. it's a kid's movie yep yeah there's never a heart to heart between karen allen and dennis leary being like i don't know i mean she has the scene where she worries about him and it's mm-hmm. like you need to make friends stop playing with our actor sets you weirdo like you're always going to be smart, but I need you to have friends. Right. Yeah. There's, there's always a young person in the scene, yeah. Yeah. Dennis Leary's a bad baseball coach, though. 
I would. He is. If you're small, you do not want him coaching your little league team. Should you ever join one? Right. Because like the way, and I get it, Smalls really sucks at the beginning. <laughs> but try grounders then. Like don't be throwing it. Yeah, at his field face. it first. Yeah. Yeah. Like get him used to seeing the ball go into the glove, and then you move on from there. Correct. Do you think he threw the ball at his face on purpose? <laughs> it did cross my mind. I think he, he was did. busy. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. I don't know. It lo- that stake looked like they had to be thrown out anyways. Oh yeah. It did. <laughs> It looked kind of great. Yeah. So yeah. I think like, Karen, to go. I don't want this for dinner tonight. Yeah. It was a twofold. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be a good way. Karen, we're not having this tonight. Yeah. It's on your dirty son's face <laughs> for like fucking two hours. Why don't you go catch me a new steak down at yeah, the Yeah, yeah, down, yeah. <laughs> he kills two birds with one stone there. He gets rid of the steak that should have been cooked a week ago. Right. Uh, and he gets to stop playing catch with this kid who sucks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It was on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Adding all the elements together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never even thought about the steak element of it. Now that I do, I'm convinced. I'm convinced, yeah. (laughs) Couldn't be bothered to put that work down for like a half hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think the the idea of a steak, too, on like your injured eye does seem magical, but that steak did not look like it smelled good. Oh, no. It smelled rank. Yeah, Yeah. Unpleasant. Even from a prop standpoint, yeah. like it didn't even look like they got a good prop one. They probably just got a real old steak. steak. Like, Correct, yeah. 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 The kids aren't going to notice that it's past its prime. Yeah. Everybody ate gray meat in the 60s. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Because the fridge got down to what, like 50 degrees? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Like, don't worry, it's 62 in there. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's nothing festering. <laughs> it's back when they still called it an icebox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Frigidaire. Yeah. yeah. And the milk sat out on the stew for fucking like two days. <laughs> Did get a milkman shot in this? Yeah. Did we? I didn't even notice. Yeah. yeah, when Smalls first goes running. I think you were laughing at how Smalls was running, uh, but he runs That's right out of the I always laugh when he books out of the house. It's yeah. like, oh my goodness. He runs right past the milkman. Full uniform, the hat, the little carrier. Yeah. Just had a nice like, little slice of life. It's great. What did you think of the sand lot, Bridget? Oh, it's magical. It's a magical what a cool place. place. I know, right? A private area, away from the adults, still near one of your houses, so you can go up into an awesome tree house and be near it. They do a good job. I love when movies do a good job of setting things up geographically where it like makes sense to the audience right up from the get where they are. They're in the tree house. They're over here. They're over there. You understand the area very quickly, mm-hmm. and there's no confusion of where they are. Because yeah, there's so many shots of the treehouse in the background. There's shots of the shittier-looking fence against this, the nicer-looking fences in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, just because they spend a lot of time there, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, you get, you get to see that, like, almost cul-de-sac corner that they have where, like, Benny lives and... Oh, that too, Hamilton yeah, that lives. area too, yeah. Yeah, you know that it's close by to the pool because they show the, like, running scene throughout so yeah you do get a sense like the grid layout of the city right right i like how the sandlot's tucked away i like how it's just like it's just an old lot they know how to get there no one bothers them there's no one walking through it's not like when you go as a kid and you you go down to the park to play because then there's people who just want to be at the park they're walking through the outfield they're walking their dogs a kid (laughs) like they got babies running around or whatever like it's it's not it's not the same you want your own like little place I mean, yeah, it's almost like the spot like did could, could not get zoned for residential in any way. <laughs> so like it just became something zone. and hidden away from 
society away from the street. Like, you wouldn't see it driving past. You'd have to go sneak through two fences to get to it, and no one, you wouldn't know where it was unless someone told you. Yeah. It's like I'm, a secret garden almost. Yeah. yeah. That's, it does have secret garden vibes. It does. I mean, Smalls even says he has to follow them to get there. Right. Which kind of gives the implication that it's not, like, next to Easy the Easy to find, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always picture it sandier. Like, more mm, dirt. A there's, a, bit, yeah. there's a lot more grass than I remember. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more grass. Did you have an idea of, like, where, like, the crux of the problem of this movie was going? Like, what our problem was going to be? You mean the biggest pickle of their entire lives? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he kept saying pickle, and I really wish they used a little different vocabulary there, because they said, like, three or four times. But Yeah. Um, you know when you see the Babe Ruth baseball... Yeah, I mean, we've watched enough movies on this where, yeah. like, certain oh. insert shots and things like that, yeah. things linger. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this movie's telling me this is important. Yeah, and when he states that he doesn't know who mm. the Bambino is, yeah, like, he clearly does not know who Babe Ruth is, then you're like, okay, something's going to happen to yeah. that baseball. That but you did audibly gasp, I think, a little bit when he took the baseball. Because I'm like, still yeah, like, no! Like, yeah, yeah. No, when, like, when he said, I've got a ball, and like walked in the room, you're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, right, no. right. Because I didn't want it to be true. I'm like, don't yeah. do it. Don't <laughs> do it. Let it be something else. It's amazing that after he wrote down on his little yellow legal pad, things you need to know about baseball. <laughs> Great Bambino, question mark? That he never, like, got to the library. He didn't have an encyclopedia he could have pulled up. Like, I know it's 1962, so there's no internet, but that kid's a, a nerd. You're telling me there's not an encyclopedia Britannica? Like, yeah. That they send away it for one the line between book smart and street smart. Yeah. Didn't quite make the street yeah. smart side of things. This is Dennis Leary's fault, though. Oh, oh like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like you... He's bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bad dad. Bad, bad dad. dad. Bad Why are you coach? calling him dad? Yeah. Slow it down. You can call him Mark. Whatever his name is. Um, Bill, I think? Bill, that's right. Yeah, Bill. Call, Bill. call him Mark instead. Real disrespectful. Not even his name. Just call him William. Yeah. <laughs> William Ruffles, father. Yeah, Willie. Call him Billiam. <laughs> Billiam, yeah, that'll, that'll get him going. Like, you got this room full of cool stuff, this kid who wants you to play catch, and you don't go, here's the story behind this baseball. Yeah. Like, you have no interest in sharing anything with this kid. No, yeah, I typically you'd have so much pride about something, like the way you would ask about anything in this room, like Adam would probably, oh, you want to learn more about this? Like, yeah. you, would, you would light up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you have to, you take a lot of pride and you've spent a lot of money on some of this stuff in here, just like Dennis Leary. Yep. And he doesn't give this kid the time of day. No. He gives him a fucking two-week-old steak on his face. <laughs> yeah, the conversation goes like this. Come on in, don't touch anything. Yeah. But ask about whatever you want. And maybe I'll let you hold it. Maybe I'll hold it next to you. Sure. Like That's how the conversation goes. If, as a stepdad, you want to put in literally any effort. Yeah. Any. Which it didn't seem like he did. Which, I mean. No. Right. But that's like, that's a 60s stepdad for you. Like, oh, yeah. like, just to be like, what else do you want from me, kid? I'm already fucking your mom. Yeah, yeah. I like, <laughs> like, I yeah. like Mom's happy. I don't take anything else. <laughs> mom is smitten. Yeah. Have you seen her? Dude, I'm banging Karen yeah, out. Banging Karen yes. out. Like, I've made it. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? Oh. Smalls. Smalls. Yeah. What is Smalls' 
first name. I think Scotty is is dropped once in the beginning and then Scotty. they never say it again. Scotty, that's yeah. right. But his last name is Smalls. His last name is So Smalls. it's not just like the nickname like everybody else seems to get. Mm-hmm. Who uh who's your favorite kid? Um I mean Benny is great. Benny's great. Such a wholesome yeah. cat. He's just a, yeah. good, just guy. a good guy. guy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to invite this kid into the circle, set him up to succeed. Tell my friends he, to knock it off. Tell like, my friends to knock it off. I'm going to go over the fence. I'm going to, yeah. you know, he's the only one worthy enough to receive If Karen Allen the even got a sniff of that guy. <laughs> Bill would be out. <clears throat> See you She'd later. probably be in jail. <laughs> she she yeah. wouldn't care. Yeah. She and Wendy. Yeah. And Going after big them. Oh, trouble. yeah. The younger, the young kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but his, you know, his, his personality is more like just competence and angelic and Very squid stands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though <laughs> the great Hambino. Is it Hamilton? Yeah, Hamilton yeah. Porter. Hamilton, Hamilton Porter, yeah. Yeah, Hamilton stands out. They all get their moment in the sun, though. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Squints has a big, the big scene at the pool and a bunch yeah. of other shit. Yeah. I and like the, his Wheaties box telescope. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and trying to orchestrate. Yeah. Like. Pull it up. The first time he's like, you got it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> To then overreact, screaming right. like "run!" I love the little storytelling session they have oh. with just the dog and the s'mores. Like that whole scene is just fantastic. Yeah. Oh, because it's a great treehouse scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, love me some treehouse scenes. You yeah. just see his yeah. eyes all lit up because it's like he's faded as they're playing like the dramatization of this gorilla dog eating children. And I noticed this for the first time because again. It, the last time I saw it, this didn't exist, but it felt very drunk history in that moment. Yeah. Which I said to you guys. Cause Forever. It's, yeah, because he's lip syncing what the storyteller, like, that's just really funny. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's all, yeah. I just said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tickles me. Johnny, yeah, yeah. So Johnny, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love how much he embellishes and the dog seems to get bigger and more radical in size. Mm-hmm. The like, Tommy guns. All of it, yeah. Like, the filling up the bathtub of water. Like, that's going to be the dog's drinking water for, like, the rest of its life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like all the trash-talking Porter does when they're playing, like, the bullies that are, like, official oh, baseballers. It's yeah. great. It's like, you're, hey, is that your sister out there in left field? She's naked. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, even from the beginning, like, the way they sort of shit on each other. It's just, like, like that is still rampant in any sort of sports. Like, it's fun. Yeah, sports and male friendships. I was going to say, where men congregate together. They come together to shit on each each other. other. Yeah, Yeah, I think a group of eight or more, you're required to rag on at least somebody. Somebody. (laughs) It's just the rules of being men. You don't know that, being a a grown girl. A grown girl. A grown up girl. girl. (laughs) What was the context of that line again? She said, even my mom, who's a grown up girl, knows who Babe Ruth is. Yeah, salt in the wound. <laughs> That's because Bill was probably telling it to her as a, uh, you know, pillow talk. It's true. Oh boy. Yeah, why is she telling the story of the baseball just to come back to that? You didn't want to tell... Because he's a crappy stepdad. That's yeah. true. There probably weren't a lot of stepdads in 1962, so 
he doesn't have a lot of uh, material to learn from. He's just like, well, I just date women. I, got, I, I just married, date women. I just married this woman. Like, yeah. I didn't raise this kid. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what does your other dad do? Oh, he's dead. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. And he didn't teach about Babe Ruth? Right, I gotta ugh. go back and do these taxes. Yeah. Have yeah. fun. I'm up against it here, Karen. <laughs> I love that. I'm up against it. Yeah. <laughs> Just generic business talk. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm going to say that to Brian oh, tonight. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> I don't got time, Brian. I'm, I'm up against I'm it. I'm up against <laughs> it. He asked me, can you put the dishes away? I can't. Yeah. I'm up against just, it. Yeah. Just hold up any piece of paper. Like, it doesn't matter. Because I love that we don't know what he does. He just has generic business talk of, I'm up against it. I got to finish this. I'm going away on business for a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to Chicago. Yeah. Okay, sure. Why not? So good. What was so like? We we lose the ball mm-hmm. into the over the fence. What were some of your favorite like hijinks to sort of get it back? Because there's at least a half a dozen of them that fail spectacularly. Yeah, I like the early ones where they're trying to just pull oh, it pot. out. It's just, one's the like a broomstick, stick, then it's, it's like a broomstick like, with a pot on it. Yeah. The erector set one is really good. It's a lot of fun, yeah. Um, I like when they put Yaya over the fence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mission Impossible. That style. seems like the that should have been like the last ditch effort, and it's like the third option. The third option. <laughs> I like all the vacuums. All the vacuums too. Right. Yeah. So this is the order we've got. We've got the broom that he chews up, the erector set with the pan on the end of it, the vacuum, the Mission Impossible style airlift in. Then the catapult, and then Benny. Got it. Yeah, yeah. You got you got Ham Bino on the fucking the, the wheel, the, the, oh, the, the white wheel. bike wheel. And I love when he like he loses the pedal and he's like it goes loose. He's yeah. like screaming at the Just wheel, looking at it, yeah, going yeah. like no. Oh! Anytime one of them freaks out, is great. Oh, it's fantastic. When the screaming starts, it's hilarious. Yeah. They all have great scream faces. They all have great scream faces, and then it cuts to, like, the most exaggerated dog puppet just, like, <laughs> yeah. annihilating the erector set, and it just makes it that much more ridiculous. Anytime that oversized paw just comes into oh, frame. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Takes the ball away. Yeah, it's yeah. like the thing on Hoth or whatever that is killing. The Wampa? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of those in here. Hey. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Yeah, that's always that one always gets it because it's just it's so comically large. <laughs> I love it. I know I know that as kids, like everything is larger than life, and like the story has been built up year over year. But then once you see the dog, you gotta just be like, oh, this is like a normal size. Like he's scary, but that's just like a normal no. I mean, dog. that's like it's like the relief when you finally see it. it's like, oh, okay, they've just been sort of exaggerating this. Like it's been like this telephone game of like it's getting bigger and bigger throughout yeah. the years through just uh, storytelling, but. As a kid watching that big paw and all that big mm-hmm. stuff and the T-Rex silhouette, mm-hmm. scary, kind of scary shit. Yeah. And a Mastiff is still like a big... It's a big dog. It's a big dog. Big dog. Yeah. I like whenever He's it's just cute. in its house and then you see all like the dirt and dust kicking up around There's it. There's some great little filmmaking things going on here. Just like the, they're doing like the mm-hmm. show less is more thing. Mm-hmm. Like just the chain moving, the breath, yeah. the paw... It's all good stuff. Yeah. The, the fence shaking. Shaking, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's smoke. You see a silhouette of him at one point oh, where he looks so ten times as big yeah. as he mm-hmm. actually is. That'll mess with you. It will. Did you guys have any in your life people who, like, if the ball goes into their yard, 
their dog is going to bite you or... Oh, you can't get your ball back from, like, old man Morgan, Morgan or whatever? Yeah. No, I don't think no, so. No, I don't think so. We, we the kind places of that did... I live, yeah, we're, like, rock walls this high, like, piled. Yeah. We had our neighbor behind us growing up was this older Italian guy. He was a cobbler, and his lawn was, like, immaculate. Kermit Green, 24-7... Like, just beautiful. And we were always afraid to, like, have anything go over because he was just... We thought he was so scary, but I think it's because English was his second language. Mm. And he was just like, don't bend my fence. Yeah. Don't fuck up my grass. But he's turned out to be a nice man. (laughs) He just loved his yard. Looking back on it, I think my dad might have been the scary one for (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, I, I distinctly remember, like, because there, there were, like, neighborhood kids that were much older than me. So, like, if a ball or a frisbee or something, like, came into our yard, which wasn't fenced in, like, you could just go get it. But they would also, like, cut through our backyard to get down, like, a side street. Mm. So my dad always hated that the kids would come, like, cut through his yard, which, like, I get that. People cut through my yard and be like, stop, like, stop. This is my shit. Like, get out of here. Yeah. But I definitely remember, like, him taking some stuff that, like, got thrown over a fence and being like, no, nah, this is mine now. <laughs> so yeah i'm fairly certain he would be the one <laughs> if, if you ask some of those other kids like was there a guy in your neighborhood whose lawn you just would not go to it's like oh yeah old old man adam's dad <laughs> old man <laughs> adam's, adam's dad, dad. <laughs> i kind of wish i did though you know like you see the things in like kids movies you're like i never really had that i never had the the urban legend of the scary dog or mm-hmm. the the house that looks like a ghost haunted house of like, oh, he never comes out and they say he killed his wife. Like, I never had anything like that. Gimme. Put it right in my veins. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Didn't. Are you afraid of the dark type of shit? Yeah. 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 You know, it's that little bit of like, ah, oh, it's Good not. Good for property values. Bad for your <laughs> personal well-being. <laughs> right. Sometimes you just want that Hollywood-esque. Urban uh, legend. Traditional yeah. childhood experience, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe you guys had this, but the sort of, like, suburban, you know, scamps together, like, get up in the morning, just find each other, run around, explore, don't come home until dark kind of thing. Like, that, I didn't really have. Like, the first house that I grew up in, like, that was a thing. All the neighborhood kids would, like, get together, we'd, like, get with wall bats and, like, hit each other with them and, like... Mm. Super soaker fights, and then when we moved, when I was like eight or nine, the neighborhood did not have the same vibe at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and it may have just been like a shift in sort of socioeconomics because I went from a place that was much more working class to, you know, a much more upper middle class. Ooh la la. So it well, <laughs> and it like was like the kids didn't go outside. It's like, well, we're gonna play video games because so and so's got it. I'm like. But don't you want to like hit each other with sticks? <clears throat> don't you want to? Don't you want to play Temple don't of Doom you, with me? Don't you wanna, yeah, right. Like right. we would. We suck. Yeah. Come on, Virgie. You played Halo before. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dude. We could make our own Halo right now. <laughs> no, I because like I would go out and I'd play street hockey and I'd play basketball and like we'd play wiffle ball and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think it was like the group of kids that like the same group of kids that got off the school bus were the kids that played with each other up until like supper or whatever. Like that was it for me. Yeah. Yeah, but then even by like ten or twelve, by like these kids' ages, like I was riding my bike to go hang out with Brian and mm-hmm. we'd like go play in the playground at the elementary school or like walk through the woods and 
you know, they would like get into hijinks, you know, get yeah. into a little bit of trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely got that part of it. Mm. Yeah. Wasn't home playing our actor set. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was. And so movies like this always make me nostalgic for a thing that I didn't actually get, like have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I don't know that like a lot of kids have anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of kids would have a hard time connecting to some of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. They'd be like, why are they having that's so much liberty? Like, yeah. What is happening? <laughs> I think the yeah. liberty is what... Because I feel like kids still probably go out and play street hockey and play basketball and play with the neighborhood kids outside because their parents... If they live on a cul-de-sac. Well, it, I, yeah, it obviously depends yeah. on the neighborhood, but I don't think... Granted, I don't have any kids, but sure. I feel like you don't, but just, you don't just give your kid a bike and say... See you at six. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. See you when the streetlights come on because you just don't do that. Or you do, but they've got like a cell they've phone or a, the, the they're primitive. They're by a piece of technology. Yeah. yeah. The pre-cell phone, like almost like the jitterbug for kids that just, it can call home and it can call 911 and your parents can track it with a GPS. Like, yeah. You send them out with one of those. Yeah. yeah. Or an air tag in their backpack or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you always know. Yeah. That always was fun though. Just, it was fun. You know, not Saturday afternoon, whatever. Mom's at home. She doesn't care. Like, just ride your bike. Go have fun. Yeah. Come back when the streetlights are on. You know where you know right. where you live. <laughs> a couple of quarters if you got to make a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Some penny candy with the the leftovers if you don't have to make a phone call. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Some sweet tarts maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We all grew up in the sixties. We all did somewhere. Really. Yeah, so, like, what did you think of, like, the reveal of the dog like, when it came out and its natural, unpuppeteered version? Well, I was upset when the fence fell on him because yeah. I wasn't prepared for any right. sort of yeah, animal yeah. peril. That's, like, post-chase through post the, uh, Yeah. The movie just, just needs to remind... Yeah. He's just cute. He's he just wants dog. to have fun. Yeah. yeah. He just wanted to play fetch. He just... Yeah. He was running up to you so that way you'd throw the ball and he'd go get it and run right. it back. Yeah. Right, right. It is sweet that he's been saving all their balls in his own little, like, dug... It is nice, like, yeah, yeah. dugout hole there. We could play forever! Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, because now you can get the balls back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that, like, the like the movie's like, okay, now we're just going to bring you back to, like, the 60s again and bring you through a bunch of set dresses and set pieces to remind you that we were very much in 1962 or 3 again. Yeah. Oh, during the chase? Oh, yeah, during the chase, yeah. Oh. The founder. The, the Judaism movie, th movie and the fucking... The Assembly Hall movie and yeah. Yeah. the About county animals. fair. Yeah. The dog bitch you did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> with a silver bullet or a silver tip. Or a stick with a, a stick silver with a bit on the end. When she says, or a stick, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. You weird old gypsy. <laughs> yeah, what else do we see on the chase? The Founder's Day Parade with Founders a giant like, six-tier cake. cake. Yeah. Which the Hambino takes a nice little... I love that. Swipe. He's such squirrel. a pilfer, man. He just yeah. food the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Dude. The hot dog he took looked really good. Such a sad. Like, he's right off the grill. Right the off guy the grill. has chef hands. Yeah. The best chef hands. <laughs> and he's just holding it. Just with holding his, like, it, yeah. Thumb and forefinger. Like, he's yeah. holding it. He's got the bun on the other hand. He's got like mustard. It's like, dude. He's throwing onions. Like, he's he takes like onions. a whole onion and throws A real gourmand. <laughs> yeah, he's got like the calluses of like an actual baseball glove. Like, yeah. just yeah. doesn't feel a fucking thing. No. He's a catcher, though, because he's, const so he's constantly getting yeah, yeah. the... Uh, Built up. Yeah. They go through the pool again. I don't know if it's the same pool, but I believe it's the, it's same, the same pool. It's the same pool, yeah. For budget reasons, I'm sure it's the same pool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very few people live in a town with two pools. Two pools. Maybe yeah. even Bridget. Maybe Bridget in West Hartford. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we in her upper middle class. <laughs> yeah. We have three pools. We have three pools. Um. Which is good because when you get kicked out of one for molesting the lifeguard. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, we're going to Fern. Yeah. yeah. We're going to the inside one. Yeah. <laughs> I love that block, that 4th of July block party. That looked like a hoot. Oh, so much fun. I always liked that, like, like the one night a day or a, uh, a year they play baseball because all the fireworks and everything. Yeah. yeah. As ridiculous as it is. Well, fireworks. to be fair, if you're playing on some abandoned lot, like, there's no street lights over there. There's no, no true. things. And if you love the game and it's the one time you get to play nighttime baseball. Plus, yeah. like, even back then they weren't playing nighttime baseball everywhere. Yeah, true. I think. Like, I'm trying to... I'm just thinking about the amount of gunpowder that the uh, the neighborhood has to light up uh, that... Uh, right. Just to light up the like sky. like, two hours straight. Uh, so the first nighttime baseball game uh, was played in 1935. Wow. So a lot earlier than I thought. Yeah. But I think, like, lights didn't come to Fenway or Wrigley until, like, the 50s or something Oh, sure, like yeah. So nighttime baseball was still... Not the prevalent thing it is it is gotcha. today. A lot more day games because they didn't have national TV uh, every night for baseball. They didn't even have like the local RSNs. Yeah. It was all radio. It's the only thing you can get, or you'd get Saturday afternoons game of the week on Channel Two or whatever. Right, and it would just be whoever they wanted to show you from whatever thing, and then you just listen to the radio for your local team the rest of the time. Yeah, that and that was baseball until the. 80s probably with the invention True. of cable now another thing that i noticed watching this too is that i'm not sure if maybe you were going to be a fan of this or not but since smalls does have a kind of an arc he could becomes a little bit of a better baseball player mm-hmm. that ultimately the hero of the movie is benny yeah that's fine okay you're fine with it because oh, yeah. you would think maybe like they would push smalls's character to be the bravest one out of the group eventually because he's the weakest one in the beginning Mm -hmm. that he's the one who jumps the fence he's the one who sort of gets the ball where benny sort of just does that yeah i like that it's okay i I like yeah yeah you have a crush on benny a little bit (laughs) a little bit yeah i also benjamin franklin rodriguez Mm -hmm. great name the jet the jet i was a little sad in the at the end when he gets his like big major league moment that it's a steal of home which is like a really cool accomplishment yeah but benny's got such a sweet swing that i would have loved oh, right yeah. i would have loved to walk off homer and i know he probably grew up and became like he's the guy who's fast sure because he just had a sweet swing as a 12 year old everybody had a good swing as a 12 year old right know? right um but it's like it's so sweet when he hits that when you first see him hit like a big home run in the very, like, when Smalls first goes to the field, I'm just like, dude, yeah. that is a picture-perfect swing. No, you can tell majority of the kids definitely were trained at least for a week with some sort of, like, trainer. I mean, they might have played baseball on their own end. No, and of course, you're right. They definitely probably could have, but they all have, like, decent swings. And mm-hmm. you're right, Benny has a nice, mean swing. Yeah. Watching it this time, I wondered who those other bully kids were. Because, like, Benny's really good. Why is he not on the local, like, rec team? Because he's an angel. He wants to hang out with his friends. Yeah. He wants to but make like, wh- them good. Why? But they are. So, yeah. like, why didn't... Did none of them make the team? Is it, like, a money thing that those guys are... I don't think it's a money thing because they all live in, like, a decent neighborhood. Like, yeah. they all live in that, like, little cul-de-sac where they all eat 4th of July hot dogs and shit. And yeah. So, I don't think it's a money thing. It's not like Benny's going back to the projects or anything. It's, yeah. 
No, but like those kids obviously have like the uniforms and their field has advertisements and clearly like they got some money. So I don't know right. if it's a rival town or if it's the nicer part of town or what, but it just seems like True. I noticed it this time that like these kids are all really good. Why are they not on an organized team? Because you'd think most towns that would have one team would have multiple. Right. <laughs> Unless they're like the travel team and they just... The kids didn't sign up for that one. I don't know. Just It was something that stuck out to me this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I just remembered something that felt anachronistic to me. When we meet James Earl Jones and he brings the boys into his baseball room and he's explaining, oh, I knew George. He knew Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. And he shows a picture and they're like, you knew him? You played baseball with him? And they're like, oh, and it's because you're blonde. And I was, I'm like, because he's black. <laughs> That's why he wouldn't have been able to play. But he's like, because I was blind. Yeah. Like, okay. But the movie's been late, so I'm like, we're not even. Yeah. It's because he was blind. I did have to double check just how late uh, Babe Ruth played. And he stopped playing in 1935. Probably when they made him play night games because he wants to be at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to guess. But he's like, what do you mean evenings too? Yeah, and then so that was well before Jackie Robinson, Robinson broke any kind of color barrier. I could see him maybe being like and I don't remember the jersey he was wearing. I think it looked like a pirate's jersey, but that could have been any random P anything from nineteen whatever. Mm. But he probably would have been in a, a different league. Yeah. They still could have known each other. Like they there still could have known. been some crossover. I don't know the history of like I know it was racist, but I don't know how <laughs> I'm sure Babe Ruth was too, honestly. I so I don't know how much crossover, how friendly they would have been in a different league. Yeah. But yeah, that that does not line up with history. history so it so, is yeah. It's drunk history. Yeah. It's drunk history. <laughs> exactly. So it's drunk on Coke in a glass bottle mm-hmm. history. Yeah, and chew. Yeah. And, sh- and chew. Oh, the dip sequence. I like the dip sequence. Oh, that's great. Dun, 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 and the way it's shot, and they're getting progressively dizzy. Oh, yeah. All their, all their sicker. Yeah. Their faces are just so perfect. Oh, when the one kid, like, takes, like, he takes, like, a salami worth of dip and like bites a hunk off of it yeah like, ooh, ooh, mm, mm, mm. yeah they got the kid who brought it yeah yeah what got lost in the 60s I yeah <laughs> foreshadowing yeah yeah that actually that really makes yeah, sense yeah he's just used to just taking substances just, yeah just yeah, yeah. overdosing dope. on everything <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty heavy for a kid's movie though to be like he got lost in the 60s and we never saw him again like, i always laugh obviously the kid i just never understood it and as an adult or just even later on in the years watching i'm like that's such a great little <laughs> yeah he got caught up we never saw him again and he just like fades it's away like, it's like the deepest most open-ended scenario for someone's life it's like <laughs> how the f- what what happened yeah yeah that's a really like, like Vietnam. You can... We talk. I mean, we can get a whole bunch of things there. Right. Drugs. Fucking... I read it as drugs. I mean, like, I read it as drugs too. I mean, I but but also like all right. So this but maybe place like, what if he ran away to be like part of the flower child movement and he changed his name from Bertram to like Birdsong? Yeah. yeah. He could have gone the Jim terrible. Jones route. Like who knows? So many possibilities. So many possibilities. But I mean, like. 
these kids, this is another thing that doesn't exactly line up. These kids are like 12, give or take, right? Yeah. Or no, he says fifth grade. So they're like, well, smalls at least. Yeah. They all seem to be pretty varied between like a, like a sixth and like eighth grade. They're all in junior high. Yeah. So this kid say conservatively, conservatively is 12. Sure. In 1962. So like, when did he get really into the sixties and disappear? There's only eight years here and he's 12. Like, yeah. was it at 16? Was it at 18? Was it in like, did he get really into He only needs a few more years to get lost. <laughs> yeah. Just a few more years, a few more misdirections. Yeah. 67 to yeah. 70. He was out of that. Things are cooking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things, are cooking. <laughs> Things are cooking. I could just picture some dad taking his kid to the theater in 1993 and the movie plays and like they're having a good time, very nostalgic. And he goes, he got really into the 60s and him just muttering under his breath, me too, man, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And the kid being like, what, Dad? I don't know what? It's like, oh, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't teach you anything. I'm your stepdad. Yeah. <laughs> it's your mother's job. Yeah. Yeah. Ask your mother about all my uh, signed Janis Joplin things. <laughs> exactly. Jimi Hendrix poster. Have you seen Deer Hunter? <laughs> yeah. Was this a popular movie when it came out? Very. Or is this, okay. I think it was very popular. Okay. Um, so the film grossed $4 million in its opening weekend and a further $32 million through ticket sales. Uh, figures for worldwide VHS and DVD sales are estimated to be at 76 million since its release on both VHS and DVD. The film has become a cult favorite. It had a budget of seven million dollars. I think it's really it's one that did really well with home media. Yeah, that makes really sense. Well. Yeah, because this would have been on every trailer for every kid's. Yeah, and I'm sure it was one of those like when McDonald's used to sell VHSs for a while. They did that. Like, yeah, a whole bunch of fucking weird mm-hmm. ways of sort of inserting that. Yeah. And it's got good replay value. It like, does. I could see going back, like, I want to see all the dog mayhem mm-hmm. running through the town again. Oh, yeah, the dog mayhem, all the stuff of, like, trying to get the ball back is so much fun. It's, like, may- arguably for the longest stretches when I used to watch it, that was, like, my favorite part of the movie. Like, them trying to get the ball back was, like, my favorite part of the movie. But That's certainly the most memorable. Because, like, I forgot they played against the bullies. You know, I forgot. Yeah, it's almost, it's, lo- yeah, it almost seems like a deleted scene now that I watch it. Yeah. It seems like the, like an extended cut. Yeah. I like that. They're not like the villains. They're not around for very long. Like, they just pound them. Yeah, they yeah. just get in, get their shit kicked in. Yeah. In baseball. Right. Uh, and then they're out. They're t- tail between their legs. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah, other movies or movies probably nowadays would be like, okay, well, those are the big. They wouldn't play the game in the middle. It would be a bad news bears kind of thing mm-hmm. where it's like, we have to work up to play, you know, the really good team. It'd be like little giants. Yeah. Where that's the same kind of, it's a ragtag group and they're going to go up against the the kids with uniforms and trainers and. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's complete filler outside of the maybe progressing their camaraderie, which is like already pretty much there outside of Smalls, which I think even in that whole sequence, they don't show Smalls doing fuck all no. i think he gets one hit like maybe he gets like a base on like that's it yeah i think that's all they really show that's what they really show for most of the people except for benny's home run which right is absolutely crushed yeah porter might hit one too right but it also seemed like a longer movie when i was a kid too but it seemed fairly breezy on this viewing yeah this what 90 minutes um nine like 100 minutes maybe it, yeah it's 101 yeah yeah nice and breezy yeah nice and breezy where do you stack this now, like on other baseball movies? I would almost. It is a baseball movie, but I would almost categorize it more in like the Stand by Me 
like coming of age movie. Got it. And baseball is the vehicle for smalls to go out, make these friends, you know, have this important summer that changes him kind of thing more than it's the baseball is almost secondary Mm. in some ways, but it's still enjoyable. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I just think, like, other, I mean, other baseball movies do respect the sport a lot, but for a movie, for, like, a kid's movie that's geared towards a do spend, there's some nice lines here that have a lot of mileage at respecting the sport and giving it its due Yeah. Uh, discussion about how important it is, but unlike, like, Angels in the Outfield and other ones where it's a more aloof and yeah. ridiculous, yeah. and it's it's all baseball, but they don't spend a lot of time talking about how awesome it is or how important it is or how yeah well this is you have these characters are doing it because they love it Mm -hmm. correct yeah Yeah. this is a movie that loves baseball yeah yeah. which makes it a success in that correct yeah yeah Yeah, the other movies in both of them the baseball like the professional baseball players are the joke like they're the ones getting goofed on by angels or by a kid going na 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 can't catch me like no, they're thinking of all, like, the ridiculous rules and sequences and things that happen in the sport. Like, how can we poke fun at this? How yeah. can we poke fun at that? Like, why are we rounding first? Like, why are we going counterclockwise? You know what I mean? It's, like, the stupid things, like... Yeah, and I... But though I do want to say that those two do, at the very least, have that love for it. Because that's the crux of the, like, finales, basically. Is like, Angels in the Outfield is all about a kid who really wants his team to win so his family gets back together. Sure. So, like... He's using his love for baseball to fix something that's broken, and the hijinks are part of it, but that's the like crux of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Rookie of the Year is just about wanting to connect, like just a kid wanting to connect, and he uses baseball, and then ultimately he finds out that like his mom was a really good pitcher, and that like that brings it in. So even those have that love of the game style moments sure. of like, oh, this is actually this is a family thing. This mm. is a father son or mother son kind right. of camaraderie through the game yeah but it does have way more hijinks than this one about baseball like the hijinks here are dog related they're not the game related right yeah so it does take it more seriously in that right. aspect right. and they're not really the same kind of movie even though they're a movie about kids who love baseball and want this to is more baseball. dramatic in nature oh yeah yeah certainly more stand by me mm. in that regard obviously yeah now, I know the answer to this because I, I heard the, the shock, but Johnny, have you ever seen any of the sequels to The Sandlot? No, I have not. Uh, I was shocked that do they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is over. <laughs> yeah. The Sandlot is probably now a Krispy Kreme. That is part of the plot, I think, of one of them. Oh, okay, well, okay, got it. Yeah, they one got of, they one got... of them is they got to save the Sandlot from being developed. Or something. Oh, or they I just a, read the blurb. They hit a ball TV. into a donut shop and they yeah. got to <laughs> yeah. get the ball out of the fucking conveyor belt. Yeah. yeah, I would ask Bridget, but I I know the answer, and I wouldn't yeah. even send you to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a thing I've seen. It was definitely something because I think it, the first sequel came out in like two thousand five, so like a good twelve years after. Yeah, an entire generation of kids later essentially uh why yeah and the third one just looking at the the description it's like classic you saw a script that was not a sequel to the sandlot Mm -hmm. but had sandlot like elements and you said you know how we can sell this we'll call it the sandlot Mm three 
There are some connections, uh, just because I, I looked it up briefly to see. The second movie still has James Earl Jones in it. Like, he reprises the role That's of... That's who you get, who's able to come back? In 2005, yes. Okay. You know, but, like, none of the other kids were doing anything in 2005. Like, you could have got seemingly any one of them. Yeah. Um. So, but he's back. Again, I assume just... I think the poster had Hercules on it. Because he lived to be 185 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in the third movie, Squints is back. Okay. So, I don't... I don't know how. I read the synopsis of that, and it's... That movie is... Luke Perry is a washed-up, angry, curmudgeonly baseball guy who gets put back into his 12-year-old self to fall in love with the game again. So I don't know if... I'm assuming Squints is, like, uh, an adult in the 80s or 90s or whatever time that movie takes place. Yeah. Mm. Because even though, because I think it says he flashes back to like 1976, but so like I guess maybe you could say that he's an adult in that version, but doesn't doesn't really check out. So I wouldn't go see Kingdom certainly. I wouldn't expect you to <laughs> to either. Because both yeah. are direct to DVD. We weren't even. We were all just none. Not a single one of us was like maybe let's put the trailer on. No. 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 I've seen the trailer. Like, I remember when it got announced, and it's one of those things where you see a, a legacy direct-to-DVD sequel, and you're just like, no, fuck off. Like, yeah. you're not wasting any of my time yeah. with yeah. this. I don't want that memory. No. Yeah. In my head. No, yeah. this is it. This is perfect. It's like how there's a jingle all the way, too. Like, no, thank you. I don't care. Go away. <laughs> yeah, little living myth in my own head. Yeah. A uh, fun bit of trivia uh, for this. In 1998... A man sued 20th Century Fox and the producers uh, because he was a childhood classmate of the writer and director of this movie. And he basically said the guy's name was Michael Polydorus. And he said that the character of Michael Squints Palidorus, spelled completely differently with Y's and various things, okay. was a, was derogatory and caused him shame and humiliation. Okay. He lost twice. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would imagine. That's a reach. <laughs> Especially because you know, like, at the end of that, the credits, it probably says, like, this was yeah. a work of fiction and not based on anybody. Sorry, this is legalese. You're done. Like, yeah. You're hit. That's like Smalls reaching out with his glove, like, closing his eyes, waiting for the fucking lawsuit to fall into his glove. Yeah. Yeah. That's settlement. It's not going to happen, like, bud. It didn't it's going right over the fence in the dog's mouth. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he lost. The trial court found in favor of the filmmakers. The finding was upheld by the California Court of Appeals. Uh, and then the Supreme Court of California was going to review it. And they were like, no. No, <laughs> you lose again. Yeah, bye bye. Yeah. Essentially, lost three times. Damn, too bad. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> One quick aside about the the writer director of this movie because mm-hmm. we talked about yeah, you bad said... baseball movies. Uh, he wrote the movie Ed with Matt LeBlanc and the monkey, where they play baseball. Wait, that's what that movie's about. I think that's the cover of that movie. It's them high fiving on the pitcher's mound. Never seen it. I can't imagine it's any good. It's a movie with Matt LeBlanc and a monkey. I know that might rustle your Jimmy's job. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm excited. For the prospect of that movie. Add it to next year's Monkey March. Yeah. There you go. Monkey March. Yeah. We're moving it up. We're, we're moving April up a month and changing the name. Uh, April but, is here early. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he wrote, he wrote the movie Ed. He also directed the movie First Kid with Sinbad. Okay. 
The one caveat, too, I will add to The Sandlot, too, is it is also directed by the same guy. So there's at least a, a through line. Mm-hmm. Um, he, there's also apparently an announced untitled Sandlot prequel, which I feel like I had heard about, but it, no information is known at this time. Uh, this guy also lives in the terrible sequel spinoffs. He also directed the TV movie Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. and took his foray in filming dogs to Beethoven's third and Beethoven's fourth. As he directed both of those Beethoven sequels. Okay. Getting a tap for those thirds of Charm movies, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Beethoven's three. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> It's another big dog, though. Yeah, so another I'm saying, dog, yeah. like, he knows how to do big dogs. Let's have him do a whole, a whole get that litter big of dog them. guy in. Yeah. Was that guy who did that movie, The Big Dog? Cujo? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no would you watch it, it again? Me, yeah. It makes me want to, like, light a sparkler and eat a hot dog and play a wiffle ball game. Just sweat a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, let's get another wiffle ball game going. Yeah. We yeah, haven't we, had a White House we, classic in quite some yeah, time. Yeah, quite some yeah. time, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Johnny? Any other final thoughts? Any takeaways? No, same sentiment as Bridget. It's a great summer movie. It's fucking 100 degrees outside today. I thought <laughs> about that one sequence where they're like, fuck it, we can't play today. We're drinking Coca-Cola. We're in the 60s. We don't know how to hydrate properly. Let's go <laughs> swim in chlorine and... Also, like, probably not yeah. enough water, but... Yeah. Um, no sunscreen. No sunscreen, none of that. The Coke uh, might have cocaine in it still. Yeah, still, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's just a fun movie, and each sequence is one after another, is, is a lot of fun. And it doesn't particularly progress the story quite a bit, it's just fun little things that happen that you would have done in the summer. Yeah. And they sort of get to sort of like the, okay, now let's get to like losing the ball and revealing big dog, not so big. Yeah, because yeah, like half the movie is kid hijinks and having a fun summer and the second half is all right let's get yeah without the agenda of a regular movie yeah yeah, yeah. it's almost like a richard linklater type of like movie where yeah. it's just like i like it's something a, like lazy dog days of summer sort of movie where it's just a walk and talk movie yeah, yeah. an agendaless movie is correct nice they're nice it's a fresh mm-hmm. it's fresh yeah cool all right well that'll do it then for this week's episode of fine i'll watch it Remember, you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Remember, you can also rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, so let us know what you think of the show. Hopefully you enjoy it. We appreciate anybody who writes a review and anybody who listens. Don't forget to also tell a friend if you enjoy the show, especially if they liked any of the movies we've seen. Did they enjoy The Sandlot as a kid? Uh, throw, the, throw an episode their way and they can hear people talk about a really great kids movie. Uh, but you can let us know what you think of The Sandlot on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. You can also let us know if you've seen any of The Sandlot sequels. Uh, what do you think of Beethoven's Third or Beethoven's Fourth? What are your favorite <laughs> baseball movies? What are your favorite sports movies? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. But once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.